Welcome back to Division One Rejects, episode 115. I'm your host, Kobe Manzo. We're joined tonight by a pretty special guest. He graduated from Upper Iowa, over there in the great state of Iowa. Gone on to play in the pros. He was drafted by the Seattle Sea Dragons and now plays defensive line for the St. Louis Battlehawks. That's Eric Hansen. He'll be joining us here in a couple minutes, fellas. He has the all-time sack record over there in program history for the Peacocks. Pete the Peacock and company over there also led the NSIC in his senior year in tackles for loss. Dude was a dog over there. Excited about that one. Um, otherwise, though, we've got some good pieces, small college football-wise. This is July 31st as we're recording this camp, coming closer and closer for all of these small college football teams. Notable D2 players in the NFL. We've got a full list from Wayne Cavati that uh, is, is pretty in-depth. So we're going to take a look at... You know, how many guys from each position, some notable alums of this last year, guys who made the Pro Bowl out of some smaller schools. We've got the D3Football.com preseason rankings, how that compares to the rankings released by the College Football Network. That's made quite the stir up on the old Twitter and social medias today. The GLIAC preseason rankings, that media day was today. We watched that one, preseason poll, and some other conversation about Division II's premier conference. And finally, this D2 school shutting down all athletic programs. Actually, the whole damn school is done, boys. It's just... They announced it today. We're, I didn't we're, even we're heard the, like not, not disrespectful. I just never heard of them. Alderson brought us. Beats West me. Virginia. Beats me, bro. Well, in a couple of years, no one's going to know anything about yeah. it because that school is getting shut down. We're going to talk about that later. A lot of guys entering the transfer portal. Uh, T's and P's to uh, all the kids trying to find new homes. But uh, finally, we got football guy of the week. Some good selections. Can you get yours in there? I signed it to on Twitter, yeah. What did you you got to put it. You put it in the doc. I don't have the doc, remember? Dumbass. Um, but otherwise, you <laughs> and can listen. You and can, my phone's plugged in upstairs. So. You can watch this episode on YouTube. Fast forward to any of those parts using the timestamps down below, the little red chopped up chapters in the video. Drag along. Do it. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Timestamps are also on there. So fast forward to any part of the episode you want to listen to and then get the hell out of here. But uh, follow us on Twitter, boys. Follow us on Instagram. We're doing a T-shirt giveaway at 3,000 on t- Twitter. So we're about, I don't know, 400 and some away from Should that. Do one on Instagram, one on Twitter too. Maybe we will. Yeah. Do you buy the t-shirts? No, just okay. an idea. That's what I thought. Okay. We don't have to. Kobe's, <laughs> a funny, Kobe's a funny guy tonight. Yeah. Don't forget to subscribe on the old YouTube. Might as well mute my mic. And uh, we'll rip this thing, get this going, head over to the conversation, first of all, with Eric. <laughs> Joining the show tonight, a D2 alum who's made his way onto a professional roster. He made the D2 football's Elite 100 list in his time at Upper Iowa, where he was a two-time Two-time first-team All-NSIC selection. He holds the record for most sacks in program history for the Peacocks. Now playing for the St. Louis Battlehawks, Eric Hansen. What's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, how's it going? Glad to be on the show. Glad to have you, dude. You go from playing for arguably one of the best mascots in Division Two to the team with probably the best uniforms in the XFL. Pretty good uh, couple of short choices there. Yeah, I like. Yeah, both our mascots are pretty cool. I think going from a peacock to a battlehawk, kind of in the same realm. So, and I was happy <laughs> to keep the blue and keep a similar mascot too. So, I got you, man. Now, before we talk about your team in St. Louis, uh, we'll kind of jump around timeline wise as far as your your football journey goes. But uh, let's talk after you graduate. You travel down to Georgia, put yourself in front of as many eyes as possible. Do the pro day there. You go to Northern Iowa. Do the same thing. What were the thoughts, the vibes like after those two events? Where did you and your people kind of think you were at? Yeah, so I thought I had a really good pro day. 
Uh, I did my pro day training down in Georgia uh, with Chip Smith and Chuck Smith. Uh, Chuck Smith's actually the outside linebackers coach for the Baltimore Ravens now. So I had some good coaching down there. Learned a lot. Um, learned how to run a 40, all that. Um, did my pro day in Northern Iowa. Thought I did well. Um, actually had some of the, the scouts had me work out as fullback. Um, after I ran my 40, I had the Giants come out come up to me, the Saints and the Colts, and they all said, hey, we want to take a look at you at fullback. Hmm. So I thought there was a few avenues that I could possibly, you know, take to get to the NFL. Um, ran a good time, thought there was interest. Uh, my agent said there was interest. Um, so thought things were going pretty good. Um, so I thought I did well in my pro day. Um, I guess coming from a D2, being a little bit undersized, um, hurt me in the NFL process a little bit. Um, basically what the scouts are telling me is my height and my competition weren't exactly what they wanted to see. Um, yep. So they actually, the, the Saints scout mentioned to me, he was like, hey, if you play in one of these these uh, kind of feeder leagues, we, we scout that. So he's like, you do well in one of these, you know, we'll be watching. So, I love that. Yeah, and that's probably something that wasn't on your radar probably right away. Now you said like coaching up how to run a 40 and stuff. Do they just take you, like you said, you had great coaching. Do they take you like totally ground up on like some military style, like break you all the way down to build you back up the way we want you to see you? Because obviously you knew how to run a 40, but you go there and does that just change your mind? All these little different pieces, they had uh, little habits maybe they had to change. Yeah, I would say um, there was a lot of components to the 40 that I didn't realize. Um, you know, you just think run as fast as you can, 40 yards, but there's a lot that goes into it I didn't realize. So it was a little eye-opening in that in that regard, um, but it was it was an interesting three months of my life uh, dedicated to running, learning how to run. But yeah, basically, like you said, from the ground up, um, you know, doing such small details with these drills that you just don't really realize goes into yeah. running a three cone, running a forty, running uh, a five ten five. You just don't realize how much time and effort really it takes to run good times. Yeah, for sure. Now, I want to talk about that because that limbo time in between when you graduate and when you finally, you know, potentially get a chance, which at the time, you might not even know if that's coming down the road or not. This could be all for nothing. Like, you just really, there's no guarantees. What is that limbo time like? What does your day look like? Because obviously, you're training 100% of the time for football, but that just has to be such a weird dynamic because you don't know what exactly you're training for yet, I guess is kind of the best way to say it. That's exactly right, too. And that that time, you just got to have faith and know, trust your ability. But, it, it, I mean, you're right. There, I've seen guys work super, super hard, um, paying their whole way through pro day training, no agent, um, putting a lot of money on the line to try to get at least a shot. And then, unfortunately, sometimes it's all for nothing for some of these guys. Um, and that it's, it's a sad reality of, of pro sports. I mean, it's cutthroat. There are – thousands and thousands and thousands of people that want to do this all clawing tooth and nail to try to take your job or get a job so i mean for some people it's just you don't ever get an opportunity there's just too many people yeah um so i've seen it i know people bust their ass and never get the opportunity but i was fortunate um it wasn't with the nfl right away but i did get an opportunity and it, the unknown is you just got to have faith it, but it, it is a harsh reality of the of the sport is that does creep in the back of your mind when you're doing all this work you're like dang i really hope this isn't for nothing when you're running you know 40 on 40 and working out for four to five to six hours a day it's like dang i hope this isn't all for nothing but you just gotta have faith in your ability and know that 
um, somebody somebody will take notice. Yeah, it's a numbers game, 100%. And just like any professional sporting business, the NFL, I think, is just the pinnacle um, of all of that. And you found that out, obviously, because you go through the NFL draft and that free agency period, and you end up unsigned, which I'm sure was maybe not the biggest surprise in the world, but something that, you know, you always are holding out hope that potentially you get an opportunity. But I wanted you to walk me through that XFL draft day, that process, getting the call, talking to uh, Coach Hazlitt over there with the Sea Dragons, a guy who was an all-pro linebacker in the league. Talk about you've had some great coaches getting you to this point. Just another dude to uh, acquaint yourself with that has, I mean, quite literally been there and done that. Yeah, so the NFL draft happens. I don't hear anything. Um, super disappointed. Um, didn't know what was next. I mean, I, I was hoping to still get a call from an NFL team, maybe bring me in for a workout or something. Um, but that it was a dark time. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was, I was really upset about it. Um, but the biggest thing with pro sports is if you don't get a call, you still have to keep faith and you got to still work out because you don't know when you're going to get that call. So you better be in shape when you get it. Yep. That might be your one opportunity. So I put my nose to the grindstone. I was working out like nothing changed. Still, um, you know, didn't even skip a beat. Didn't take a week off. I'm like, I got to stay in shape just in case I do get a call. So I'm working out, working out. And then I get a call from Coach Hazlitt. And he calls me. He's like, hey, you know, I can't believe you didn't get picked up by an NFL team. He's like, the draft class was pretty flooded because of COVID. And he's like, so it is what it is. Um, But he's like, look, you know, I I got an opportunity to to put you on my team. He's like, I see a lot of potential in you. Um, he actually played D2 football as well, so he kind of saw a similarity there. Okay, I didn't know um, that. That's sweet. You know, I was excited. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, so he, he likes the small school guys. Um, so he, he saw an opportunity with me. And I was actually had an option to go play um, in Canada. Um, was thinking about it, but Coach Hazlitt kind of convinced me not to. Um, Interesting. Just because it's just a numbers game in Canada sometimes can be a little bit worse. Because yeah. they, you can only keep a certain amount of Americans on a team and stuff. So he kept swaying me to, hey, you should play in the XFL. It'd be a good opportunity for you to stay in America, um, make some good money, get your housing, your food paid for. Um, and he's like, the NFL is going to scout this league a lot, so it's going to be a good opportunity. So he sold me. I'm like, okay, I want to play in the XFL. And Coach Hazel was saying, well, hey, we're going to draft you. And this was back in the summer, and the draft was in November. So he, he basically was giving me that guaranteed spot. Now, one thing I kind of learned in pro sports is don't just, like, let one coach kind of dictate your future. Still keep your options open yeah. because sometimes stuff can happen. So he did end up drafting me in November, um, which I'm forever grateful for. I, I mean, that was an awesome experience. I remember sitting in my house in um, in November, and I got the call from Coach Hazlitt, and he said in his old man voice, you better get as many fucking sacks as you did in college. And then he hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he drafted me. That was it on the phone call? That was a cool experience. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. And then I heard a bunch of commotion in the background and he hung up. <laughs> that was, well, okay, shit, I guess I'm with Seattle now. Um, <laughs> so it was a good experience. I mean, it was cool. Um, I guess what I didn't realize going into it, though, is how many NFL guys were going to be in the XFL. Yeah. Because um, I looked at the roster, and there's – I mean, it was flooded with NFL guys. In my position group, I mean, alone we had three NFL vets. And it was just – it is what it is, you know. Um, but I didn't let that deteriorate me. I'm, I mean, I'm still working out, staying in shape. And I was happy to get drafted to Seattle. Um, obviously, there wasn't the team I ended up on, but I'm still happy, you know, they took a chance on me. Yeah, man. And you, you know – 
that go through that whole experience too. And to get that first taste of like, all right, I've made it almost like I've arrived. Um, you probably even got a little bit of a taste of that when you had that initial phone call, like, yeah, I've got a spot for myself at the next level for sure. Now you actually, that comes to fruition. You get your spot on this team and almost immediately, I would have to imagine it felt like the floor was probably pulled out from underneath you when you don't end up making the cuts there in Seattle. And then you go through this, like another period of this limbo finally are brought on in about mid March by the battle Hawks. And it's not like you're brought on into fall camp. Like they're going into what week five, when you go and actually join that team for the first time. Like, what was that like? Yeah. So they were going into week four and it was a crazy experience, but let me just backtrack on cut day. Seattle, man, is that, uh, is it rough? I mean, we're, um, I mean, I thought I was going to make the team, to be honest with you. We had so – we started off with five guys in my position group. They cut it down to three. I didn't know that. I thought they were only going to cut down to four. So I thought I was good, but I was the odd man out. Um, they ended up cutting me, keeping the three NFL vets. But that was – cut day is not fun. I mean, you see everybody looking around like, who, who got cut? And, you know, it's, it's sad. But they slowly cut everybody in camp. So, I mean, we start off with, what, like 90? They cut it down to 80, and then they cut it down to 70, and then they keep cutting it down. To, to end up being 50 and then tw- uh, 45 active on game days. So they really go from, from 90 to 45. So it's it's a crazy amount of cuts. So you'll see one guy one day, and then the next day you're, you'll, you won't see him, and they all oh, shit, you got cut. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that that that, that uh, exit meeting with the GM and Coach Tazla was an interesting one. I mean, it was – I was pretty upset, and I didn't say much in it. Um, but, yeah, being cut, man, it was, it was a terrible feeling. But, I believe that. Um, St. Louis ended up calling Seattle the second I got cut. They saw I got cut. They called St. Or Seattle, and they were like, hey, you, you cut Eric? Like, what's the deal? Like, um, So I thought maybe I was going to get signed right there. Um, but actually, Coach Beck ended up calling me. We had a good conversation. He kind of told me, hey, um, just, just stay in shape. We'll, we'll get something worked out for you. Um, which then, yeah, I ended up getting signed um, week four. Um was uh, St. Louis, which was also a crazy phone call. I bet, dude. Yeah, I believe that. Now, uh, as far as getting there, landing on your feet, now you have this sort of uncertainty because you've seen how quickly, like you just said, you've seen how quickly these decisions can be made and how quickly your you know, your locker buddy, your dude next to you is just sent packing home. How long did it take for you to, I don't want to say get comfortable or like settle in because obviously you never get too comfortable. It's just the nature of the job, but how long did it take you for you to get to that position where you really did start to feel a little more comfortable in your role with that squad? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a quick turnaround with uh, St. Louis. I mean, I, I was expecting a call, but I was starting to get a little worried. And they called me in the middle of my workout. And I answer, I'm like, what number is this? Because it was the GM who called me. And I didn't have his number saved. So I, I answer it. And he's like, hey, with St. Louis Battlehawks, you know, we're going to sign you. We're going to try to get here tonight. So I got on a flight <laughs> two hours later. And I was in I was in Texas. So we all stay in Texas, by the way. Okay. I'm in Texas like five hours after I get the call. And then the next morning, I pass my physical, sign my contract, and I'm practicing. Just like so that. I was I was just like that. Like less than 24 hours later, I'm practicing with the team. Um, So the crazy turnaround. And obviously, I wasn't comfortable in that situation because I hadn't proved myself. Um. I started to gain confidence, though. The GM and the head coach both, like, one-on-ones is where you prove yourself is a D lineman, especially in pro in pro sports. 
So the GM and the head coach are watching me do my first one-on-ones. Like, they basically want to see what they signed because I guarantee if I look bad, they might have just cut me right there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I'm a. They're both watching my one-on-ones, and um, I did well in the one-on-ones, and I'm like, okay, you know, I could tell they 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 like what they saw. Um, did well on the one-on-ones, but I'm still not comfortable. I'm like, I hey, I got to keep proving myself because I felt like I did good in Seattle, and they still cut me. So it was like I knew I had to still prove myself. So I wouldn't say I was comfortable until I played um, in my first game with them, yep. which was against Vegas in Vegas. Um, I had two quarterback hits right off the bat, and I'm like, okay, I know I can play this level in this game for sure, and I know I can do well with it. And I think the coaches saw that too, and I think that's when I started getting, all right, this is my team. Like, I'm, I'm cool with these guys. I'm fitting in here. This is a good thing. We got a good team. Um, and, yeah, I felt real comfortable after that. Yeah, I feel that. And I was actually just talking to uh, Jake Witt, our old offensive tackle here at Northern. He's with the Colts right now in training camp. And talking to him about, you know, making that jump. And his biggest thing was, like, I thought dudes were going to be, like, off the line just way too fast for me to handle. Like, in the back of his head, he had just talked about that. After he got his first couple reps down, he's like, oh, I can hang with these guys. Like, Obviously, it's still a difficult and it's still a very large jump, especially from a Division II school to make it to the pros. But, like, you just get that first hit, that first rep, that first, for you, the quarterback hits. You get that out of the way. I think that is the best way to settle anybody down in that position. Then you see you see that across the board. Like, you'll, you know, play call in. You'll scheme in a quarterback to make a quick slant throw to get things going, to get people comfortable on offense or whatever. But uh, as far as the, the XFL goes, is... The turnover in that league, as prevalent as it seems from an outsider, I feel like we see between players, coaches, other personnel, whatever, like you had talked about, when you're going from 90 to 45 and you're cutting rosters in half, it feels like the turnover is absolutely crazy with people just bouncing around. Is that uh, as prevalent as maybe it seems from the outside? Yeah, I would say the turnover is is pretty extreme. Um because there is no preseason games either in the yep. XFL. So it's kind of like they, they – in the first year of League 2, I mean, obviously they had it in 2020, and then I think they had it in the 80s too. But um, being like a pretty relatively new league, I mean, they they got to see what they get. And a lot of guys aren't in shape or, you know, they, they're kind of washed up or maybe they just got put in a position that they weren't really meant for. Um, so, yeah, there is a lot of turnover. I mean, I was, I was a little bit surprised too. Um, I think with St. Louis, they did a really good job of scouting. So there wasn't as much turnover. Um, I think they kind of rolled with the guys they brought in um, pretty much. Although you still saw it a little bit. But I, 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 this, the GM for St. Louis and the head coach for St. Louis, I really, really like them because they kind of like let us play and they let us, um, you know, be ourselves. And I just felt like it was, it was a really good fit for me. And, you know, I, I didn't really feel like they were out to get me or I, like I had my, I was going to get cut the next day if I didn't do well at practice, and I felt really yeah. comfortable um, in that team. Totally. I get that. Um, what is it like from the guys talking about the other leagues, besides the NFL, obviously, but you talk like USFL, obviously a big one, but even we touched a little bit on CFL or indoor leagues. I'm always curious because there's definitely levels to this shit even within the professional leagues. Like, How do guys speak about those other leagues, and is there kind of a – destination where guys want to end up like is that the xfl as far as those leagues are concerned i would say if it's not in the nfl people want to play in the xfl okay because the timeline's better when it comes to if you want to transition in the nfl yeah. we get done quicker than the usfl so the timeline's better um 10 week season compared to 18 weeks in the cfl okay it's your body through less turmoil um 
10 weeks and you're, you're still fresh and you can go into an NFL season a little bit fresh, 10, 10 games, you know, it's not it's nothing crazy. Um, all, the timeline, like I said, the pay, I prefer the XFL pay because you get that $1,000 win bonus okay. on top of that five grand a game. Um, and then you get, obviously, playoff money. If you win the playoffs, you win the championship, you get more money. So there's room to make some money in the XFL. And um, pay, they pay for your housing and your food. Um, so it's, it's really – it's a good deal what the XFL has now. I'm, I'm really excited to see how it does next year as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And, well, they did lose, like, $60 million in year one. So we're going we're gonna to gloss – we're going to gloss <laughs> over that Dwayne and, and company over there. But yeah. he said it. They're hey, in for the long term, right? This is, yeah. They're, they're yeah. in it for the long term. This is not a, a one-year deal. He, he wants this thing supposedly to, you know, be sustained and continue to go on, which is obviously admirable. But a storyline I loved from this past year, a guy you got to play with, A.J. McCarron, the quarterback for your squad, a career NFL backup, really, after coming out of Bama, that said he wanted to have his son see him play, like to really play. And he did just that. He had a freaking hell of a season he threw for almost like 400 yards in your guys last game uh this spring and that was awesome to witness what was it like being around I guess him in particular but also probably some other guys kind of in his shoes that maybe just didn't crack it in the league but now get to come down here and just play their hearts out man yeah I mean he was a great leader for us um I remember after that last game he was fired up because yeah. making in the playoffs we knew we were gonna have yeah I don't know if you saw the video of him, but I'm in the background and he's like, like ramping us up, like, yeah, we got to go out there and down. I mean, it was, he's a good leader. That's awesome. Um, so for him to like kind of to lead the team, you know, he's an experienced guy, been around the NFL for a while, been won three national championships at Bama, two as a oh, yeah. starter. So, I mean, he, he's been around the block, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he knows how to play football and to have him lead was really, really special. But man, that last game, he was fired up and he really fired us all up. Because that for that last game, we had to win by a certain amount of points to make it to playoffs. Unfortunately, we got taken out of playoffs on a technicality, which sucked. Um, and Seattle got in. My my former team, of course, got in the playoffs <laughs> instead of us. Um, but you know, I'm happy for the my my boys at Seattle that I played with that they made it. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, we really wanted to make it in the playoffs, and he he was fired up. He had a great game. Um, you know, he was he's a great leader, great quarterback, and happy I was able to learn from him is yeah man what is the uh what's the d2 d3 kind of like small college football even NAIA like what's that presence like in that league because I think you were one of only a couple division two guys on that roster obviously when there is only 45 guys it's tough to just have that large quantity but what's that presence like of small college football guys yeah I mean that's that was surprising as well I thought there'd be more more d2 guys in the XFL but yeah it's a lot of you know, you get your SEC guys, your Big Ten guys. I mean, it's still flooded with those type of players. Um, but occasionally you'll get your D2 guy. And it's it's fun to talk to them and be like, hey, like, we really got out the mud. Like, we, we were overlooked by so many people, you know what I'm saying? And and to to kind of share that that, that path of player and kind of talk about it, it it's pretty special. Because I yeah. know they had to work as hard as I did to get to that, that same position, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it is cool to see those D2 guys, D3, a few D3 guys. You know, it's cool to see those guys um, make it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Last bit I had for you, though. We'll go back, talk about your college a little bit. Upper Iowa, safe to say, struggled a bit over the last decade. Has not been a team that's been on top of that conference. Now, it's tough because NSIC, you and I both know, a lot of talent. More importantly, a lot of depth. Like, a lot of depth in that conference, top to bottom. But I think the idea in a lot of guys' heads is that, especially at a smaller school, if you're not consistently making 
deep playoff runs every single year, you're not going to get looks to go play pro ball because that's when a lot of these guys, again, in the heads of a lot of people, that's, and it makes sense, you know, playing in the postseason, big time football games. Did that thought ever creep into the back of your head? Did that ever worry you at all when you were trying to make it to the next level? Yeah, it, it did. Um, and I actually, so because of COVID, I had the opportunity to grad transfer if I wanted to. And I had a lot of coaches, you know, not hitting me up, but yep. kind of heard things. And I, I know I'd have the opportunity to go play at a, at a big time D1 if I wanted to. But at the end of the day, I'm just like, I don't want to leave my friends, my teammates, the, the coaches that took a chance on me when I wasn't a great athlete, you know what I'm saying? And they saw something. Um, what would I be to just to just leave when I when I you know when they put all invested all this time and in coaching into me I just leave when I when I become good I just it didn't sit right with me you know so I uh I decided to stay and take the risk you know I thought we were gonna be good unfortunately my senior year we still struggled yeah. um but you know I wouldn't trade the memories at Upper Iowa for anything I mean I, I love those coaches love the love the teammates love the school I mean small school but I mean yeah. we I mean it was a family over there and. That family atmosphere was just hard to walk away from, so I I decided to stay and take the risk. And you know, I knew it probably hurt me a little bit when it came to to playing professionally. But you know, I uh, I thought you know I'm, I'm going to dominate my senior year, which I did. Had 20 TFLs, nine sacks. I mean, I thought that would be enough. Oh yeah. You know, it it is what it is. Um, I don't regret it. I think it did hurt me a little bit, but I don't regret it. Um, I think Upper I was gonna they're gonna take a turn this year. They just switched conferences actually. Um, they're out of the Northern Sun, so I think they're going to do well in this new conference. And I think eventually, hopefully, I kind of paved the way um, and show people you can go pro out of Iowa. It's a small D two, but you can go pro out of it. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully, gonna kind of lead the way with that and kind of bring some scouts in. Uh, yeah, man. Change of scenery for them will be there. will be welcomed. I'm sure that'll be definitely big time. But uh, that's all I've got for you, brother. I appreciate it. I'm excited to uh, keep following along with you, man. I got a. I got a horse in the race now to watch when I watch some spring ball. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about that, dude. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate it. Uh, you got a new Battlehawks fan, I guess, right? Hell yeah, dude. I mean, shoot, I kind of already was just, you know, just because they're hard not to be a fan. But yeah. now I can consider myself a real fan now. But, uh, Eric, thank you very much, brother. Appreciate you coming on and uh, definitely be in touch. All right, man? All right, man. Appreciate you for having me. Of course. Thank you, Eric, for joining us. A lot of great stories from him, fellas, about the uh, the XFL, the inner workings of that, and uh, probably one of the better ones, actually. Like, his experience getting cut was was pretty interesting to hear about, for sure. Um, but we can talk about some more Division II players going pro. These guys getting a crack at the NFL. Wayne Kivati released a full list of Division II players going into training camps this fall in the NFL. So this is not... Uh, current to date, I'm sure there have been some cuts made off of this list, but this is the list that we had to go off of. This was uh, he published this just five days ago on the 26th. So, fellas, I guess we'll start with the teams that have the most Division Two players. The Colts have eight. That is number one. Wow. There's eight Division Two players heading into training camp with the Colts. That does not mean all eight of them will make right. the final 53 man or whatever you know the roster. Lions have six. The Jets have six, Chargers, Tampa Bay, and the Commanders all have five apiece. Then there's a, a you know a plethora of teams, if you will, that have like four or three, whatever. There's a good spattering. But uh, eight Division II guys heading into camp for the Indianapolis Colts, one of them being our very own Jake Witt, who got drafted uh, this past year. As we know uh, another one of those guys being uh, Dallas Flowers out of Pitt State. He's over there in Indy, too. Yeah, yeah, he is. He uh, And, he, I mean, he started a lot of games 
for them last year, honestly. And he was a big kick returner, big punt returner. So I'm, I'd like to scratch him into the lineup, you know. So like, hopefully, yeah. he, I mean, at least one and Jake. I mean, you know what I mean. So yeah, it sounds like Jake, Jake will probably will be a practice squad around. guy. So I mean, that's obviously really good still. So uh, totally, good. totally, yeah. And a couple of other. Trying to think, look at some notable alums on this list, right? And guys that have been established. Talk about guys like Adam Thielen, who's in Carolina now. He was in Minnesota, but the Minnesota State wide receiver. We talked about Dallas Flowers. Austin Eckler on the Chargers. He's a Western Colorado guy. I did not know that actually until I don't know, a little while back. I yeah. just never really realized that. Yeah, I think I found out like, what year did he come in the league? He came in 20. 20- That's a good question. I'm not sure off the top of my head. Feels like a long time ago. Yeah, but it wasn't though. But it wasn't. It's probably like 2017, dude. Oh, really? 2016. I guess he kind of... He led the NFL in total touchdowns for, I believe, the second straight season this past year. So that's a pretty notable piece right there. And now with the market the way it is, he's a fantasy machine, too. It's also notable. Yeah. You can't can't pass up on Eckler at like five. That's a thing. You know, because Eckler would get to five, I think. Yeah. Another big time, Tyreek Hill in Miami out of West Alabama. Yeah. That's that's one I I don't think a lot of people talk about that one. Because I mean, he wasn't like, he wasn't Tyreek Hill at West Alabama. That's why. Absolutely. Wait, first team to, All Pro last year for the Dolphins. Did he go to West Alabama before or after Oklahoma State? Wasn't he at Oklahoma State? Uh, he went there before. Then transferred Oklahoma State for his senior year. I think that could be it. I'm not sure off the top of my head, to be honest. Yeah, okay. we can fact check it too if you'd like. Um, yeah, check, check it actually. A couple fair State alums, Zach Sealer, also in Miami. We saw him have that fumble return for a touchdown. Was that? Christmas. Um, that was Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, we that was Florida. a that was a big play. Right? Uh, I remember him making. I want it. It could be. Yeah, I'm not sure 100. percent Um, and then uh, Tavier Thomas in Houston, you know, another Ferris State alum the there. Yeah, the defensive back. He yeah, had a he had a big pick six last year. I remember seeing that clip circulate around a little bit. C.J. Ham in Minnesota. He's wow, going in maybe his seventh year in the league right Where's now. He He's been a captain, I think, the last couple seasons for the Vikings. He's from Augustana in okay. South Dakota in that uh, Northern Sun, the NSIC. And then you've got uh, another great one I think that a lot of people think about, probably because he's from Grand Valley State, that's Matthew Judon in New oh, England. Yeah. That's a dude who has a lot of all-pro awards. He's uh, he's certainly stacked up quite the uh, the career for himself and carved out, not just with the Patriots, obviously. He was with, with Baltimore, correct, for a yeah. long time. Yeah. So, he broke out in the Patriots, though. He did. He definitely did. Now, yeah. when it comes to positions of these guys, there's about 86 total. What do we think the number one position is of all the Division Two guys that made it or have made it to chances, training opportunities with these NFL teams? I offensive wanted to ask lineman. both you guys. Offensive lineman is your pick? I was focused on Tyree Kill and I have no idea what you're asking. <laughs> what do you think out of all these guys, there's about 86 of them, what do you think the number one position is out of all them going into camp, out of the D2 guys? Um, probably, he said O-line? Yeah, he did O-line. I'm going to say D-line. I would have said O-line, too, before this. DBs? It's wide receivers. Okay. Wow. Wide receivers. There are 20 wide receivers on this list, fellas. DBs had 17, offensive linemen 14, defensive linemen 11. That's actually your top four. Because, honestly, I, I, I just took, like, okay, what position has the most, you know, players at it? That's actually Offense, a really good point, too. Offensive line, defensive line. So. And you can't coach size. Right. And There's, and that's the thing. Like, Jake Witt. There's, there's, there's probably... Two or three other Jake Witts out there. You know what I mean? Not, uh, well. not, not actually like, you know what I mean? Obviously, I know what you mean. You know, he's superior. But like, but his case, yeah. like, yeah. of just being an absolute specimen, being that size, having that yeah. athleticism, having these intangibles and these more these tangibles that you cannot coach. Doesn't but matter at the what same time, like, I really do see wide receivers because think about it, dude. There's so many freaking wide receivers that are so talented. Yes. So talented, bro. And and a lot of the times, like, the, the difference between 
um, D1 and D2 skills are not, you know what I mean, a step or two. You yeah. know what I mean, it's not or grades. Like it, it really does come down to that. Like some guys just fall to the D two level that have like legit NFL talent. Yep. And that, and that's not a like a you know not a, a jack in the box, yeah. right? That's like a, that's that's it's real. Absolutely, we saw a couple wide receivers this past year actually get picked up by some NFL teams. A couple of those being uh, Derike Young from Lenore Ryan, John Hall from Northwood. Both of them are actually with the Seahawks. So two yeah. wide receivers. Going there, and then I'm trying to think. I thought there was one more potentially that from this past year, but I'm not. I'm kind of blanking. Um, I do remember Keelan Harris from Oklahoma Baptist. I think he might have been the year before, but I'm trying to find him on this list here. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of – that wide receiver position is very interesting because you're right. There's so many just talented playmakers all over the place. And think that's about like how super, many like, – David of, Durden, there it is. David yeah, Durden, Durden from the Cowboys yeah. from West Florida. That was uh, a pick in this this past year as think well. Think about how many guys – like how many wide receivers got drafted late rounds that have been so good. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like that's just, yeah. there's, there's not a shortage of receivers. That's why like I really don't think – you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of good receivers. It's they're not they're not irreplaceable. I think they're not the, irreplaceable. J I mean, obviously Jettas, you know, you can't replace I think the the skill difference between your starting wide receiver and your third string wide receiver is a lot closer together than like your lo- starting left tackle and your third yeah, string left yeah, tackle. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Like what's more of a what's a depending on the squad actually, depending on the yeah. system, what's a bigger impact if number one goes down? I would be with you that left tackle spot way more. Yeah. Hundred percent. Also, Tyree Kill was at Garden City Community College That's for right. two years. There you then go. Oklahoma State, then West Alabama. Interesting, wow. but they and can still claim him as an alum, I guess, because he that was his last year, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and he was also more of a running back at West Alabama. Look at you finding the facts. He Interesting. Had, he had more rushing yards than receiving yards. Could have been like a Debo just, type situation. He just yeah. didn't do much at Oklahoma State. He just didn't get the ball much. He didn't like he had kick return. He had a he had a sick ass punt return, I remember watching. But. Oh, it was a kick returner yeah, and kick punt returner return, yeah. at West yeah. Alabama. Either way. Too. Obviously worked out for him. Um we talked about it. Seventeen DBs. I think defensive backs, offensive Let's linemen. Go, we talked about it a lot. That's is a premium on it right now. We just talked with Trey last episode about what that position is doing right now in the NFL, and he said it every year. There are so many defensive backs taken off that Dude. board because it is at a premium. We talk about the wide receivers, the absolute depth of talent in that pool because everyone and their brother wants to be a wide receiver, it, I think. I mean, it's it's realistically the hardest position to play. In the, in because you have to guard them. And if you can corner, guard them, that there's a premium on being able to stop that part of the game. You have to have the best hips, the best feet, a very good knowledge of the game, a very good feel for where the ball is going to be. Like, it's not – it's really like – you have one bad year as a corner and you're automatically, you know, this guy needs to get the hell out of our – Black sheep. Get the hell out of our fucking room. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Amani Aruarie. Like, he had a one, yeah. and he was done. We're, yeah, what he happened did a pretty good him? job of that name pronunciation. I don't, on the, on the really quick, that was pretty yeah. good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, same thing with Okuda, dude. He's a third overall pick. He had one shit year, and then this year, it was just like, he never didn't make any progress. Injury bug and a part to play with that, and, too. And now it's just like, okay, we, we upgraded. Yeah. Quote-unquote upgraded. since, But he was our third overall pick. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like, Jerry Jacobs even, dude. He had one good year. Now look, he's in the mix. Injury bug, too, though. Yeah. So, and I'm sure it happens to other teams. You and know a lot I mean? of that it's is recency like bias. When you talk about like media and other like fans and things, like when you talk about recency bias, is a very real thing. Like with uh, Jerry and with Okuda, like those type of guys. When you miss a lot of playing time, all of a sudden you're not at yeah. the forefront of people's brains, and they are so quick to freaking write you off. Well, I then think like, oh, they don't even Jalen Ramsey. People don't think of him as an elite corner anymore. That's the thing. Like. On the opposite side of the pole, Sauce Gunner just got in the league, and I. 
per, me personally, I do not think Sauce is the best corner in the league because I think if you really watch the tape, like three one is clear. Him or Pat Sertan are clear cut best cornerbacks in the league. But like, think about it. Sauce just got in the league. In the league, they have him power ranked as the number one corner in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's how much it just like. Recency bias. You're locked down. You're thing. good. You you get beat for you know 1100 yards one year or 800 yards one year. You might as well go give me my McChicken at McDonald's. Like, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it helps that again. You have the year that he had. Obviously, he played fantastically. You have a nickname like Sauce. You make all these headlines. You play in a very big market team. Mm-hmm. If Sauce goes to Green Bay, we're not having this. Conversation. And everyone wants to shit on Asante Samuel. He's right. Yes, like he really is right. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? And and Darrell Rivas is, or or whatever his name was, he was beefing with. That was an interesting Twitter. Not Darrell Rivas. Uh, Charles Woodson. Yeah, it was. I think it was Woodson. Yeah. Other positions, though. Division two players getting chances at NFL camps. We've got eight linebackers, eight running backs. And then we kind of get into some of the nitty-gritty. Three tight ends, two long snappers, a kicker, a punter, and one quarterback. The kicker's from uh, Shepard, right? The kicker is from Wingate. That oh, was yeah, Ethan got, Evans, got the one that got drafted this past Witt. year to the Rams. Yeah, right poor Witt. Yes, that was the one that was lifting the heinous amount yeah, of weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking absurd. Um, one quarterback, and that was this year. That's Tyson Bajan. He was a Harlan Hill winner mm. over at that's the one at Shepard that you probably you you had thought of. But yeah. the quarterback from Shepard, he is with the Bears currently, and um, you know I guess we'll see if he sticks around. That'd be very interesting because he has he's got arm talent. He can move very well. Maybe he doesn't have the frame. He's not. He's no like Josh Allen or anything. Obviously, right. though, he's kind of an anomaly. Anomaly, excuse me. Crazier shit's happened. It has. It definitely has. And again, maybe, maybe he'll Harlan Hill Justin Trophy Fields. winner. You can make some shit work over that. What yeah. you say? Maybe he'll beat out Justin Fields. I'm just <laughs> hoping Jimmy's listening to this episode tomorrow <laughs> and hearing me say that. Tomorrow, you might get a text right now because his spidey sense went off. <laughs> what are you talking about tomorrow? <laughs> his field sense. <laughs> yeah. He Jimmy gotta, isn't the only one high on fields, dude. I've bro. seen these Bears fans are coming out of the woodwork. I didn't know there, were, there was this many in the world. There shouldn't be. A lot of, there it's a, shouldn't be. It's just a lot of talk for three wins. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, a couple of these guys, uh, especially the, the guys that were on the squad last year, got themselves a ring. That being uh, Jody Fortson from Valdosta State, the tight end. He, this will be his second year, I do believe. Um, he's a guy that I believe has battled the injury bug a little bit. Potentially, could see he has played a decent amount and could potentially see a lot more time for them this year. Especially if Kelsey keeps punching motherfuckers in practice, <laughs> then he might get out into the field a little more. He got to be on some shit, bro. <laughs> uh, Joshua he, he Williams just too. The game like really like, like yeah. That, Joshua Williams, the defensive back out of Fayetteville State, is another one that I think has actually seen a little bit of time. He's a freak athlete uh, for the Chiefs. They are D two product, but um. Yeah, that was kind of the that was kind of the piece, fellas. Yeah, good. That's good pretty article. neat stuff. Yeah, great. Shout out again. Shout out Wayne. He does a, a lot of good work, and him just going through the nitty gritty of like I think he looked at just everything, every single single NFL roster. Every single one. Mike Are you fitting me, Mike Tyson? What the fuck? We've got uh, some new Division Three football rankings though from D3Football.com, fellas. And I guess I'll just put it on the screen for us, or I guess the people watching to see a little bit better here. Um, but we'll also just talk through all of them for those listening. But uh, you'll notice we're going to compare these to the ones from the College Football Network that we had uh, the hand in part of announcing those rankings. But you'll notice the top is mostly the same. The first three, most notably, North Central, Mount Union, Mary Harden, Baylor. Those top three, North Central getting 22 first place votes, Mount Union getting three, 
and nobody else receiving any, fellas. That's pretty crazy. Only two teams. And this is a vote comprised of coaches, media members, and other uh, members across the country, supposedly. That's what is, is told by D3 Football. So it's not just some someone like us sitting in our yeah. basement just making these rankings. I feel like it's not that crazy. And you... we don't make any rankings, by the way. Anything you we don't make any rankings, by the way. Correct. We just we just spread the news. We do. <laughs> what are you saying, Trev? If you do look at the D3 landscape, I don't think it's really that crazy. I mean, Mount U- I feel like Mount Union and North Central have dominated. For and what? they return a ton, right? Yeah. For the past, what, five years probably? Yeah. I mean, shit, we talked about... Um, we just talked about the, or I shouldn't say we talked about it. We posted about the OAC, the Ohio Athletic Conference, just on our Twitter and Instagram and things. You'd have to go back to 2016 to find a team that wasn't named Mount Union that even won the conference yeah, title. that's crazy. But mark my words, bro. <laughs> this is fuel, bro. Blah, blah, blah is going to win the OAC next year. We had year. a kid on the Division three side, you know, tangent here, on the Division three so all-name team. Not the All-American team, the All-Name team, the best names in college football, has nothing to do with what they've done between the white lines. Just the funniest names in college football. Any comments? This is fuel to me. With, I, the, with the little, like, he got the, the smoke coming out of his nostrils. Like, he pissed. I've seen that, bro. I, I almost, like, made a burner, like, really quick. College Football Network replied, and he said, what are you going to do, change your name? <laughs> This is the all-name team. Should have said, dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did see that, too. I, I forgot oh, to tell you guys shit. I saw that. But I, that I'm like, great. bro, I can't even like... This is just fuel to me. Mark my words. Mark my words? This is fuel. That's so great. Do that. Like, like they finna up. come here and do something. Like, <laughs> like Mark what? my words. They ain't getting in here, man. But um, we can talk uh, the t- rest of the top ten here. Rounding out after Mary Harden Baylor. At four, we've got uh, Trinity, Texas. You got Wartburg, St. John's, Linfield, Harden Simmons, Ithaca, and then Delaware Valley. What do you notice about that top 10, fellas? No schools with the old UW, UW. Yeah, in front of right it. Out, and then it, yeah. 11 and 12, UW Whitewater and UW Lacrosse. And that was the first thing that I noticed in the difference of rankings between the College Football yeah. Network and this one. Lacrosse at 12 in these as opposed to number five. And that was a big one. And even Whitewater. Whitewater was at, like, number eight, and they dropped down uh, a few spots as well. So that was a big one. Trinity moves up five spots in these rankings at number four. Cortland. Uh, Cortland and Ithaca, both teams that, you know, the two best teams out there in that kind of New York region, the obvious rivals, the biggest little game in football, the Cortica Jug game every year. Cortland at 17 as opposed to unranked. In the college football, that was really surprising for me. They were nine and two last year. They lost in the Cortica Jug game against Ithaca, and then lost in the first round of the playoffs to Randolph uh, Macon Macon. I don't know how to say that one to be honest with you. Um, and then Ithaca at nine in these rankings versus eighteen. Ithaca is a squad that I think is going to put a lot of people on notice this year, and I, they obviously agree with me on that one. They were twelve and one last year, boys. Their offense was one of the best in the country. I remember on my visit there, actually, we were talking about the quarterback that would come in, AJ Wingfield. I do believe is his name. He's got a hell of a name. And uh, he was a local guy, really small stature kid that just had insane arm talent and was overlooked because of his size by a lot of the, you know, the larger schools in the area. And I remember the coaches, even before he got on campus, they were like, this is going to be a fucking dude. Really? And he absolutely has been. Has um, he started like the last two years? For them, I do believe so. Now, Ithaca lost to North Central in the third round of the playoffs. But other than that, like I said, they were a buzzsaw last year. They beat Cortland in the freaking Yankee Stadium. We talked about that rivalry already on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? That'd be, that'd be so sick, dude. Santa Maria! 
You ever saw the Yankees announcer do that? I don't watch any Yankees games, actually. Derek Garcia! A couple other notable moves. Aurora at 20 versus 10 in the College Football Network rankings. And then Utica. They were unranked in this ranking. I think that was the one that had the most people mad on the old social medias today. The uh, the moose, I want to say. They're orange. I think it's a moose. Um, we I might have to look at their a, mascot. I think it is a moose. We might have right. to look at their mascot. Utica Ford? No. I don't know if we've looked at their mascot for our new upcoming top 10 D3 mascots list plug. Have we, Trev? I don't think so. We'll have to look at them. Um, but that had people pissed because Utica had made a lot of noise last year. And I don't – again, it's, it's preseason rankings. Like, who gives a shit? But people care. Trust me. They freaking care. Um, otherwise, though, not a ton of anything crazy with that. That was just kind of the talk in the landscape. Let's go Gleak preseason or Allison brought us first. Go Gleak. Okay. You got it. The Gleak Football Media Day was today. That being, as many would say, and myself, the best conference in Division II football, headlined by this team right here, fellas. The Ferris State Bulldogs picked, I was going to say, to repeat as GLIAC champions, as they said on their social media, but Trevor, that might not be the case. They were indeed not GLIAC champions last year. National champions, but not GLIAC champions. That is, that's quite the conundrum. So, GVSU football was pretty quick to uh, call them out in a little bit of a, a rebuttal. That was kind of interesting. I didn't think about. You didn't think about, you didn't see that? It just was like. I stayed away from all the GLIAC shit today. It was just childish. It kind of They're still the national champs. Like, who cares? You won the GLIAC championship. You're a GLIAC champion. You still, they're still the national champion. I heard Northern Michigan finna make some noise this year, though. I don't know. Is that what you heard, though? That's what I've been hearing. That's what you've been hearing. Who you been hearing? Mark that from? my words. This shit gonna add fuel to the fire. <laughs> Mark my words. So Ferris State, a little bit of context for you guys who didn't see that. Ferris State puts out a tweet saying that uh, you know. The back-to-back GLIAC champs are on their way to media day, and they are, in fact, not the back-to-back GLIAC champs. They're the back-to-back defending national champions. And uh, Grand Valley was pretty quick to put out this tweet, and they said, quote, we see some weird tweets coming out. Facts are facts, and we always give our opponents the proper respect. GVSU football, the 2022 GLIAC football champions. That would also mean defending Gliak champions. This is the thing, bro. Who, whoever running Ferris account, you think they're like, oh, I'm going to get them with this one. <laughs> and then they, they're typing. Tum, 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 tum. Like, they all mad, bro. That's how like, it be. That's how it be. Oh, my gosh. When you, when you can't beef with a person in real life, you start typing on that keyboard hard. What if Ferris just sent back, like, a, like a screenshot of the ring? <laughs> like, like, just a blank. Like, come on, bro. That's why you don't say nothing. Because like, then you can't. There's no receipts. You know what I mean? There's no receipts on when you can do this shit like that. Yeah, that's a good point because then you so pull that up in a couple months here, yeah. right? Depending on what that the Anchor Bone Classic looks like. But uh, looking at the actual poll, though, all those things aside, Ferris State is picked to win the conference this year. They had 34 points with, uh, what is that, five? Is that five? Yeah, it's yeah. far away. Five first-place votes. And then you've got Grand Valley in second, obviously, 31 points with one first-place vote. Davenport in third, 27. Not too far behind. Really close, actually, with their own first-place vote, which was rather surprising. Um, but Trevor, you and I you know had said, what, you know what I was thinking? What's that? You guys probably thought the same shit, but coach and he's probably so salt. You know what I mean? He not, he not going to pick or vice versa. They're not going to pick each other. That's, bro. What, that's we were exactly just saying. what we were that's saying. What they're not going to pick. One of them did it. One yeah. of them was like, you know what? I'll be a good guy. Yeah. I'll give him a vote. The other guy was like, you know, we did this thing in math class once. Cause he's, he's just for people who kind of understand like Grand Valley and Ferris. They obviously like the coaches can't vote for their own teams. We're assuming. Mm-hmm. So 
one of them maybe took yeah. the petty route and bro. said, I can't vote for myself. I ain't voting for your bitch ass either. I'm giving yeah. it to Davenport. Bro, this is, we had this, it's kind of like this in math. We had a math, this is kind of weird. But we had two sections split up in the class, one group and one group. And if you if we both pick the same thing, we'd all get like a B minus on the assignment. Oh, but if but we picked circle and they picked square, we'd all get an A and they all get a C plus. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're, I'm over there. I'm chopping it up with them. Hey, yeah, pick blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, you know us over here, we going for the A. So <laughs> that's that's probably like what's something that happened like that. I mean, obviously they're not they're not doing circles and squares and like all that shit. <laughs> yeah. But one of them was petty. Are you sure? One of it them might be. One of them was petty. Yeah. That's what we that little one next to Davenport, when we know where that's from. Who? Which one? I think it was Grand Valley. They're like They said they were they were two time Gleak champions. These votes were in far before that tweet came out, but that Damn is it. a good guess. That is a great guess. But I don't know for you sure. You can't tell me it's not one of them. You well, no, it's one hundred percent one of them. Yeah. I don't That's know. That's so funny to me. I feel like it would be Grand Valley though, because why would Ferris be petty about it? They're two-time national champions, not Gleak, not Gleak, national. national. Yeah. So why be petty about it? Otherwise, rounding out the rest of the rankings, we've got Saginaw Valley in fourth. We got Michigan Tech in fifth. Wayne State in sixth. And there's that cat team. At hey, seven. Shit. We like it. We like it. Do we? Mark my words. <laughs> This shit don't matter though. You can take it. You it can, don't. It really doesn't. You can matter. take it two ways, bro. You can take it the 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 classic way now, like this fuel for exactly, real. exactly. You could take it like that, or just like, bro, I don't give a bleep, and like just go do your work, bro. Yes. Who cares? He they, said, they, mark they my words. They got no. They got no idea what you're doing, bro. Like this shit do not matter. They, um, they could have had us have first and Ferris at last. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't give a shit. Like, I really don't It's care. not going to change any results yeah. in the fall. Right. At the end of yeah. the day, it's all the preseason rankings are. But, Everybody's 0-0. Uh, zero zero. It, is, it is curious to look at these. The one kind of takeaway is to see what people think about these other squads, right? Yeah. These co- Like being at the coach's poll, right? The preseason poll. And, you know, the most shocking thing for me, and I tweeted this out in our account earlier today, only one first place vote for GVSU because you've got – five other teams there that are going to vote potentially for Ferris or GV. We're assuming that all of them voted for one of those two squads. Only one of them said that GV is going, they already beat them last year. So and then also I was kind of surprised because you bring back the cornerstones of your offense and your defense. You got Cade Peterson back at quarterback. You got our D1R athlete, Abe, flip the camera over to his plaque in our studio over here, middle linebacker for them. You got running back Tariq Reed is back after he, Freaking tested the waters of the portal, apparently. But you bring back all of these key pieces on that squad. Now, I'm assuming, guys, losing those three transfers, maybe, and obviously a new head coach, but Wait, losing I've, those three transfers might have been a reason why GV only got that one first place vote. But they're the defending Gleak champion. They are. Got to remember that. Oh, shit. Um, those three transfers, those who, who do not know, uh, two of their top pass catchers and then All-American defensive back, that being uh, Jade Walker, Jalen Tillman, and cornerback Nazir Forquin all announced their transfer destinations. You've got uh, Walker's going to Texas A&M, Tillman at Bowling Green, and Forquin at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, joining his former head coach, Matt Mitchell, who is now on the Badger staff over there. So Correct. I'm assuming a combination of that and Coach Wooster taking over the reins, as they did hire internally, but it's still going to be a semi-new you know, GV team, because mm-hmm. you get a new head coach. A lot of things can potentially change. So I'm assuming a combination of those two, whereas Ferris, same wall, same ball. Anise at the helm. They got the formula. So I don't I, Is that When's that shit going to get old, bro? I don't know. Is it? I mean, I don't know. When they stop winning, honestly. When yeah. they stop winning, it might get old.
when they lose like two games and still sneak into the playoffs because then yeah. they don't get to play at home when it's cold as shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that helps them so much, though. Dude, it's absurd. Like, I think the game that really illustrated that for me. Colorado uh, Mines. Or... They played that on a neutral site in Texas. Oh, not Mines. It was the game. Uh... I'm thinking Shepard. Yeah, not yeah, Not yeah. this past year, but she- two years ago. Two years ago. ago it was, and they came and they were like starstruck, basically. Because it was Tyson there. Hill. That, yeah. or, or Tyson Hill. Uh, Tyson Bajan. I'm thinking, I just combined Harlan Hill and Tyson <laughs> Bajan. Uh, Maybe but, and Taysom Hill. Yeah. And Taysom. And Tyreek It Hill. could have been Taysom. But um, anyways, when Tyson Bajant took that Shepard team in there, they had one of the best, most proficient offenses in the country. You travel all the way up to Ferris State over there west side of Michigan. That's not, I mean, don't get me wrong. Shepard is, I think, in Pennsylvania. So it's not exactly the best weather ever. But traveling up north to Michigan. Lake effect snow out right off Lake Michigan. Exactly. So it's a little different. You saw the conditions on game. If, if you if you saw the conditions on game day there, you'd understand that Shepard offense was a hundred percent predicated on the pass. They had some really great run game too. Um, their running back actually he's right good. now, Ronnie Walker, I believe his name is. He's getting a chance with the Buccaneers in the NFL. He's one of those guys on that list earlier. But when you have an offense that is so predicated on the pass, you go up there and play smash smash mouth football. Is is uh just like is the Gleak like? I mean, I would say the GLAC is the SEC of, of, of D2, but is it the most Big Ten football-y because of the location and the style of football? I mean, I, I feel like you can't, like, it has to be because it's so Midwestern. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just makes sense, I think, yeah. right? Like, it just, especially when you watch Ferris, anytime and, and they're in the red zone. It's, it's the SEC. What do you mean red zone? They can go all the way down the field, not even throw the ball. <laughs> two years ago. What do you mean red zone? They do it at their own five. Yeah. Why am I drawing a blank on their quarterback two years ago? Well, not th- like last year, not, not this past year. This like you're talking about. Uh, you're not talking about Gulk. You're talking Malik Mitchell, maybe. No, 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 no. no the guy year. the Falcons. The guy in the Falcons. What's oh, Jared Bernhardt. Bernhard, yeah, yeah. He could go down the field and not have to throw the ball for the first like. I think it happened to us actually, but <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, this sounds really familiar. <laughs> I wasn't. I don't think I was there freshman I wasn't, year. I wasn't we, there. No, I didn't we, travel. I was yeah. there filming. Um, but was that before or after they took their entire offensive line and substituted them out for the? Yeah, the 1B group. What other what other squad can do that? <laughs> oh, no, dude. That's why they're first on the poll. Because yeah. they do shit like that. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this shit's over. <laughs> Mark my words. Mark my words. That's fuel for real. That's fuel. But, um, yeah, the GLIAC preseason poll. Excited to see how that kind of turns out. And I guess one more piece I had on it, fellas. When you look at this, the GLIAC has almost been divided into tiers. And I think that's been shaken up. Um, this past year, especially with the the rise of Davenport, what they've been able to do in the transfer portal and bringing in all these different players. Um, I was talking to, you know, an unnamed man this past week whose son plays tight end at Davenport. There's 13 tight ends there. Guess how many were high school recruited or recruited out of high school? One. One. He was the one. The rest were all in the transfer portal. Not saying good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying it's very, 13? very different. That was what I was saying. Was Very told. different. When you look at Fair State's roster on their website, you've got all the people with numbers, and then you've got a fat-ass section underneath with dudes with no number, and it's just dudes on the roster. You're talking they about got, Davenport, though. I'm talking about both. They got both running like this. They got just hella people on their rosters, too. It's crazy. That's what happens when you win, though. First time Davenport made it into the playoffs last I know, year. but, but they really ain't one shit. It's like, very... Like, yeah, but, like, it's very interesting. Now, I guess, with the new way they're, they're doing it, they could probably do it, but, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's interesting to me, like, you have these almost kind of built-out tiers, and it feels like Davenport is still not quite... I mean, we saw what happened with Ferris and GV. That halftime score from Davenport-GV game, dude... 35 nothing, Dude, it was even worse than that. 
you would have thought that Davenport came out and hit Grand Valley's mother before that game. Like, I don't even know what the, it might have just been a pent-up aggression type deal or something with them being so close to each other. That's kind of probably a bit well, of a Well, and they played a good game for the GLAC championship. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if it was a good game, but they played at Davenport for the GLAC championship. So, yeah. wild. Yeah, but I mean, still, you have Davenport and Saginaw were kind of in that second tier, and that kind of leaves, like, the Tech, the Northern, the Wayne State are just trying to, not saying not that they're knocks on these teams, still quality football teams, but just not quite to that level. Like, Saginaw Valley was just a few wins away from being in that same conversation. They lose to Davenport by one, play Fair State really tight, and then uh, Grand Valley got away from them a little bit. But uh, really had a chance to have potentially four playoff teams out of the same conference, which is, that'd be absurd. So. Five with NMU. Five with NMU. Mark my words. I never want to say that. Uh, I, I like, <laughs> I, unironically in my life. I don't know why I pulled that up there, fellas. I'm going to read this. Um, Alderson brought us. School down in West Virginia, fellas. Cade did not know they existed before we started this particular program. Isn't that right, Cade? Alderson Broadus. I thought it was like a professor at the university or something. <laughs> it is not. It is its own distinct university. Oh, wait. No, it's not because they just got shut down. They're shutting down the whole school. Uh, their authorization uh-huh. to award degrees in the state of West Virginia was revoked by the Higher Education Policy Commission. The HEPC, if you will, Trevor. On Monday, Oh yeah. that being today. Uh, during an emergency meeting, the vote was unanimous. I wonder what they had the emergency meeting about. It was probably this. I wonder what spurred them to make that decision, though, which is kind of interesting. Um, their authorization to confer degrees, confer degrees, that, well, that's what sucked me up there for a second, confer. I've never, it's an interesting word that's choice weird. there. That will be revoked effective December 31st, 2023. So they're not allowed to permit or they're not permitted to enroll new students beginning with the fall 23 semester, but seniors scheduled to graduate at the end of the fall term may continue to complete their degrees on schedule. That's what they said. Uh, so, hey, this is, this is what they're saying, basically. Hey, bro, I'm going to give you your, de- your degree, but that shit, like, this don't mean nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, Hey, y'all can stick around and get your degree from this school, but, like, but we're literally not going to allow anybody else to get degrees the, from this The day school. after so y'all done. You might as well tear it up. It's as good as the t- uh, toilet paper. <laughs> Gonna wipe. <laughs> no, that's, actually, that's not. I'm not like. You know what I mean, no, I know. That's sad. People, people are losing opportunities and it is education. And not even just the football side of things because yeah. this also means uh, one of the big things here. It says, "quote Immediately ending all athletic and extracurricular activities." Yeah, even so. the intramural boys are done. Done for. Over with. That's it, man. But um, on a serious a note, a that sucks uh, for their football team because now you have all these kids that guys. Tomorrow is August first. And they have nowhere to play football potentially, so now you're gonna yeah, have a really, ton of guys. Literally, but they had, over. bro. It's they had to have. Camp. They had to have some sort of like. They're not oblivious. It was you know an emergency mean? meeting. I know, but they just they ain't just say, "Hey, emergency meeting," and then thirty minutes later, yeah, the school's over. Like that, 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 no, there's no way. I don't know, dude. It had because to be funding. It had to be everything like leading up to it. They had to have known at least something. But I don't know if it was to the severity where they knew that this potentially was going to happen. Because you look at their 2023. They have a full 2023 schedule, and they're in a football count, and like all these things, like. There was no infrastructure or anything happened. behind that. Like, what happened? Like, what gets you to that point? Funding, bro. It's got to be funding. But it was... Unless they had a bunch is. of fraudulent motherfuckers is. teaching. <laughs> like, what else could it be? They just, ah, uh, wrap this shit up. <laughs> what? Uh, the university has the right to appeal the commission's decision by submitting a written notice within 10 days. I'm going to assume... 
that probably won't happen considering the vote was unanimous. It's not like they're going to win over the mind of one or two people on that board and be like, okay, we're back in business, guys. You can get those degrees back out. Just surreal. Kind of wild. It really, like I said, it does suck for the football team now. Granted, fellas, no knock to the old oh. Allison Broadus football team. They were 0-11 in 2022. They remember the MEC in Division Two. They did not have the best year Holy this shit. past year. I got an answer for you. As far as why this happened. College Football Network just posted it. He did. Shout out, Michael. Financial issues. They owed. <laughs> no. They were unable to pay their utilities, and they owed $776,000 yeah. in utilities. Yeah. Damn. 700 what? Over $700,000 in utilities. So when I said it's got to be financial, you guys are like, no, no. You, you had guys walking out the classroom like, hey, get the light. <laughs> they probably can't leave that shit on. They probably didn't have no damn lights. <laughs> if you guys uh, in the lecture hall and everyone, uh, tomorrow's lecture will be BYOC. Bring your own candle for lecture. <laughs> We're actually going to be busting a hole in the ceiling for a skylight because we cannot afford to keep these overheads on anymore. It's uh, they're in West Virginia. They had those yeah. like old like coal miner hats <laughs> that just the- had the candle in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like an LED light or We're anything. foul as hell for this shit. You guys shit. are, bro. <laughs> 700 thou? That's a lot yeah. of money. That's a lot of money, dude. So Good job, Cade. Yeah, Cade. You really got to the bottom of it. I did. Investigative I mean, journalism. We were damn near for the pool. Like a, like a, we, we thought there was like a freaking <laughs> heist going on at <laughs> Ottomanson's Baldwin. <laughs> What is it called again? <laughs> Alderson Broadus. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Sounds anymore. like a Harry Potter character, dude. Alderson. <laughs> doesn't really matter uh, what you call him now. He's a... God! <laughs> I mean, the school doesn't exist. <laughs> Tell that to the seniors getting their degrees this winter, Trev. Tell that to them. T's and B's to all of the the products of Alderson Broadus yeah. over there in West Virginia. Note. This was supposed to be their 2023 schedule, and I bring this up because now you have all these teams, especially in conference, that need to find new opponents. They got Expelliones. The- <laughs> I'm done. Oh, it's getting hot in here, dude. Yeah, it is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm done. Looking at this schedule, um, you start with uh, an out-of-conference game, a PSAT crossover, California University of Pennsylvania, excuse me, and then you get into the MEC schedule with Glenville State. You got teams like uh, West Virginia Wesleyan, Frostburg State, Fairmont State, Charleston, West Virginia State, Wheeling, West Liberty, UNC Pembroke. Notre Dame College. I mean, it's a pretty big conference. I didn't realize how large that conference was, to be honest with you. So, really one out-of-conference game, that being uh, California PA. So, they're obviously going to have to schedule a new week one. But then you get into this, and this is something I want to talk about with you guys because I'm assuming these opponents in the MEC because there's only one other team outside of their conference that their you know their uh, schedule has been disrupted. So, I'm assuming that all these other teams just have to double up. Like the GLIAC has already yeah. done 
for different reasonings. The Gleak did that, but I'm assuming these teams will end up doubling up. Is that the most obvious course of I action? I mean, probably, because yeah. I don't think there's going to be any other schools that need it. Not very many schools. Unless someone's looking for a bye week game still. Yeah. Very true, which happens, and that yeah. does happen. But there's not going to be very many teams at all that still need games. Like it's No, most likely not. We're, we're almost to camp already. Like The season's we're, about to start. Yeah. But I, I would not be surprised. That I mean, that would make the most sense. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they determine what teams play who. For sure. I guess, right? Because obviously it'd be doubling up. And that's like, when we did that in the Gleak, you're like, who the hell's going to double up Ferris and GV? Like, yeah. I feel bad for those poor souls. Each, they, they, each other? Yeah, right? Well, that didn't happen. That would have been really fun to get two anchor bones. But um, they also, those games end up being out-of-conference games because yeah. those yeah. aren't technically, you know, conference bouts because you can't you it would more than, the standings. Yeah. Exactly. So, interesting stuff, boys. Let's finish it off with some good football guy of the week stuff, huh? Grab mine first. Um, Cade... Trevor, can you put, can you put Cades in the doc while we talk? Because I don't you got I gotta get you on this damn Google Doc. Why can't you just pull up on Twitter? Oh, actually, did you send it to my you sent it to D1 Rejects? No. We'll send it to D1 Rejects, then I can pull it up. I don't have my phone, bro. God, you're helpless. You know that? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> gosh. I provided some good laughs at least. Um, I will send I, it over. You know what? That's the thing. It's really, not, it's really not that. It's not like there's nothing like it's not like. I'm gonna send it over. So All don't right. even don't even finish that that sentence. You sent it to me on my personal. Yep. Don't do that. Oh, you, I saw the I saw the. Uh, I watched the whole interview today. I saw the uh, Pat McAfee, um, Larry Nasser tweet, and I thought that was going to be your submission for just a split second, and no. I was about to just scold you on the podcast. Oh. That was absurd, by the way. I mean, we can touch on that. Like, no, nah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Pat that. McAfee guy, but there are just sometimes yeah. where you like, it wasn't how do you a, say these outlandish things? It wasn't funny. Like, it just it was no. Dumb. It'd be it'd be one thing if if in the given context, like somehow, some way, you could find humor in because there, there's that's possible. Don't get me wrong, that was not the time. Not at all. I mean, I don't think it ever is. No, most likely not. Um, Just in a case you know like what? That. And he, it, and, I think, uh, and McAfee, like he's not the guy to do that. No, you know what not. I mean? Like I he, he, he really like does like probably mean it in like a like. But why? Yeah, he should have just apologized dumb, and deleted dumb, it. Dumb, but dumb, dumb. I will start us off on our football guy of the week, fellas. This right here is University of Oshkosh head coach Peter Jennings. Started the 2023 coaches retreat off right. He says, "Ripping lips and taking or talking ball." Excuse me. Doesn't get much better than that at taking UW balls. football. <laughs> taking balls. Shut your ass up. Oh, shout out to Coach Jennings, man. That's yeah, a decent dope. little fish, but Coach. We ain't gonna like. We know you're holding that thing hella close to the camera. We know the angles. Look. Yeah, that's hey, a nice bass, though. It's a decent, it's a nice little bass. And you know what, guys? Nice if you bass. do remember, that's a nice We just bass. talked about the Titans and their newest recruiting the tactic. Bass. You guys remember talking about that? Yeah. They brought yeah, them out on the, the pontoon boat. boats. Is this? We gotta know. It Imagine. Coach, is this the same pontoon boat you're fishing off of that we're bringing the recruits on? Because if you are, why are we not doing a photo shoot with the recruits catching fish in a full uniform? <sighs> Might as well. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. So. That was my. That's a total football guy move for sure. Out there, respect to ripping lips, talking ball with the boys. Um, Trevor, I'll pull up. Not got taking. Your, we got yours next. This is a, this is a good one from Trevor. I like this pick. Him and I had, had talked about this uh, before here to an extent. When it uh, when it does want can't, to can't. load. Yeah, I uh, picked. Talk about this guy. John Michi, because he has been cleared to play, obviously, as you can see from the video, after beating leukemia. He, he beat leukemia, and whoever that sorry-ass DB was, he beat his and ass, he too. is looking very good. <laughs> Look at this. Whoa! Oh, he's not even in the screen anymore. He's just gone. 
he, you know, he does look he's, good he's though, man. Good, dude. Nah, he yeah. looks solid. He, he'll be he'll be a good wide receiver three. Wide receiver For a two. team that needs him to be too. I mean, if, you know what I mean? For being honest, oh, like wait, they could really. Won't he be their wide receiver one? No, dude. John Meechie's not wide receiver one. Who, who is? Who, who is? I don't know. But if David's him, they're in trouble. That's what, but that's what I'm saying. Though. Like no, they need him to potentially be that guy. I think he is their guy right now. Um. I can't tell you someone who's ahead of him. That just me, not like I know a pretty limited roster. Is knowledge. Brandon Cooks still on their team? Oh, maybe that could be it. That could be it. But definitely a great pick. I mean, the dude, like this video ain't sped up. Dude's feet are crazy. He oh, let yeah, that DB wrong. dust it. It's tough. He also is oh, not no. wearing like they have Robert Woods. Okay, uh, he sucks too. <laughs> and Nico Collins. Those are the three starters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Texans are in trouble. Like I said. Uh, all right, kid. Should we uh should we listen to the clip? Uh, yeah. Let me give a little background first, though. So okay. PMT, um, obviously they're Brian Dable. part of my take. Big football, Barstool Big Cat, and PMT commentator. They started off their grit week this week, and no better person to start it off <clears throat> grit. with Dan the fucking man Campbell. Yeah, listen. you were practicing that one, weren't you? Yep, yeah, yeah. Listen. <laughs> all right, we'll go and we'll go ahead and watch the uh, watch the clip. Great year last year. You coached with him in Miami. He told a story that when you were interviewing for the tight end coaching job, mm -hmm. you spent half the interview out of breath because you were smashing <laughs> tables and chairs. True or false? All right. <laughs> True, I was out of breath. Okay. True, I used chairs. Um, yeah, I used chairs. Um, I don't know it's how like much a I was. I used some chairs. I don't know if I was smashing, you know, the, the chairs into the walls and there was holes um, everywhere. I think he, he exaggerated on that. But, uh, but yeah, okay, look, most of it was true. All right, most of it was true. Passionate, yeah. And Tony Sprano was the head coach, God rest his soul. He had told Dave, oh, hey, man, I got a guy, I want you to just interview him. And, man, I, you know, I'd come, I was fresh out of playing. Right. Uh, I had just really retired the year before. And I, and then I was on staff with Tony as a kind of assistant O-line coach. And so that next year, 2011, he gets the job. And so he, he asked him, hey, man, why don't you, why don't you let him uh, let him interview? Well, I didn't have the packet. I didn't have all these, you know, it, I mean, I, I'm as, I don't know how you're supposed to interview as a coach. So all I know is I'm just going to go in there and go through it. I'm a, this is like I was a player. All right, here's the technique. Here's the chair. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's the play. And then running routes and running around the table, I'm up at the top. <laughs> well, I just demoed everything. I just demoed the whole thing. And then he he was and so I could tell he was trying to keep from laughing. Uh -huh. and of course, I'm dripping with sweat. I, yes, I'm out of breath, you know. Um, and then he would throw. All right, what happens if that chair back that chair up ten yards? Now how do you do it? You know? um, yes, it was awesome. So yeah, he. I guess like the over, like, it'll be interesting to see like what's the over under on how many times Dan Campbell is one man, of our it might nominations. Be it might be week. weekly. Just like we he make a be, separate though. category for oh, the Dan Campbell shit. moment of the week. Bro, there was a video of him packing the fattest lip. Dude, we, how do we miss that? Bro, oh I my God. That. that is literally the football guy of the year clip. Dan Campbell packing lip. <laughs> Dan Campbell packing lip? Is that what I should search for? Yes, I'm serious. Oh, I'm Look sure up, I Dan won't. Campbell packing lip. It'll pop right up, dude. <laughs> we got to see it. That God was damn it. That was ridiculous. How did none of us pick that? Because we all saw it. Like, there's no way that uh, any is. of us missed that. We absolutely saw that. Right, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. That is not the clip we're looking for. Go to latest. I will, I'll find it, though. Hold on. Go to latest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that clip, I know exactly what you're talking about. Ah, what maybe it's That was hilarious. Uh, but we might, I mean, literally, it might be a weekly thing where we have our selections for... The football guy of the week, and then we just have Dan Campbell. Yeah. 
We should. The Dan Campbell. Yeah. The Dan Campbell we football. Should, hey, let's rename Dan it to Campbell the Dan fo- Campbell Football Man, Guy of the Week. Football Guy of the Week. Dan Campbell Football Guy of the Week. I like that. I think that's pretty good. Um, I'm going to do my best, though, to try and find this before we stop this because I mean, we got nothing else. Because that clip is so funny. Damn it, dude. Where was that at? We already up. saw it's that one up. with the down ups. Was pretty good. Right there, right there, right there. That's it. That's it. I mean, look at this. Let me uh, hold on. Let me take the let me take the audio off this. This is the clip that we're talking about right here, and they're talking on some. What looks like this is on like, yeah, NFL, NFL Live, ESPN, yeah, and yeah, something. And dude, goes back in for it's like more. A gumball, a gumball. Oh my goodness! Right back in the, the pocket. Best thing about the get video, back the coaching ball. The best thing about the video is it's sure anti fragile. Is that what it says on there? Anti-fragile. Oh, dude. <laughs> it's so sick. It just has the meanest lip in, dude. That, like, literally, it's his whole bottom lip. There's no room for anything else. There's Ben Johnson. Damn near not even air. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at, look at the dude next to him. You see the dude in the blue hoodie next to him? Just like, he was kind of watching me. He's like, damn. 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 It'll sprinkle and you're good. <laughs> guy what a dude what a dude all right from this week forward then it's the dan campbell football guy of the week that's like our i mean official he basically made it so he did he should almost invented it no football's been around for too long but he's uh he brought it back how about that he brought it back yeah that's fair we've got some more football guys joining us on friday's episodes but be sure to stay tuned for that uh, but otherwise thank you fellas it's been a great episode yes sir